everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Antidotes. This is your host, Christine. Did you not get enough heart-wrenching and mildly depressing stories on Monday? Well, now you can have them on Thursday. So working in healthcare is like being a part of a family. And when you meet someone or talk to someone that's also a nurse or also an EMT or medic, and even if you've never met them before, all of a sudden you start swapping stories and it kind of gets a little bit out of hand and you'll just keep going. Haley and I recorded the story about Jane and we had such an amazing reaction from Monday's episode, Nurse Jane, that I wanted to share with you some of the additional stories that Haley and I talked about after we were done recording. Just as I was about to hang up, she goes, oh wait, I have one more quick little story about when I worked at cardiac arrest in Saudi Arabia. We started talking and I said, oh no, I need to record this. And then this entire bonus episode came about. So I thought you guys would like to hear it. And I just wanted to say again, Haley and I connected on social media. So if anyone out there has some really cool or really heartwarming, moving stories of their own and you want to tell them on the podcast, please do get in touch with me. I would love to talk to you. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. We will figure out some time zones like I did with Haley and we'll get you on the show. I really want to hear what you have to say. Send us an email at antidotespodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group, Antidotes Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Antidotes Podcast, or send us a tweet at Antidotes Pod or me, Christine the NP. And we will definitely find a time to talk, and I'm sure we will have plenty of stories to share. If you guys like these bonus episodes, if you want to hear more stories like this, let us know. And as always, please give us some reviews and ratings so we can have more people listening and sharing these stories. All right, enough of this. On to the story of the cardiac arrest in Saudi Arabia. So this one, you're in Saudi. No. Yeah, I was working in um, Saudi Arabia actually as a teacher now. Okay. So nursing has has been left behind in the UK. Uh, um, I lived there for a year and uh, worked as a teacher at uh, a university on the women's campus, obviously. And Which is crazy that it's separate, but yeah, yeah, Saudi is a very strange place to me. <laughs> to me as well. So yeah, so it was kind of it was the end of the like the work day. I was in my final class, and there was a student not in my class. I didn't know any of this was going on, but I kind of give you the the preamble of up to what happened with me. So, um, student felt unwell in a class. She she had a heart condition anyway. Eighteen years old. Um, her friends had taken her to the the cafeteria to just like kind of give her something to eat and a drink and see how she goes. Came a bit more unwell, so somebody went to the the clinic that we had on campus with like a doctor and a couple of nurses. Um, and the nurse came with like a wheelchair or something to come and get her, and they started taking her to uh, the the clinic in the wheelchair. So I um I left my class about five minutes early because I really needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was absolutely desperate and I was like, okay, girls, right, we're going to finish now. So I, I raced to the bathroom. I was like, right, I'm okay now. And as I was walking back to my office, I bumped into one of my colleagues, also one of my friends, because we worked with the, the same company, lived in the same building. So we were just having a chat together. And as I walked back into my office, obviously everybody there knows I'm a nurse, uh, walked back into my office and one of the, my colleagues, Haley, they're doing CPR on someone downstairs. And I'm like, what what the hell so I literally threw my bags at her and I was like where she was like in the courtyard so I raced down the stairs the nurse signal get out and <laughs> yeah race down the stairs get out into the uh the courtyard 
and um, there's obviously a big crowd of people. So I kind of walk up to the edge of edge of like what's happening, and I can see them doing like CPR on on this 18 year old. Oh girl. God! Uh, yeah. So I'm like, right, she doesn't look a good color at all. Mm, usually they've, you don't with CPR. Yeah. And so they've there's like an oxygen tank next to her, and there's a mask over her mouth, and they're doing chest compressions. And I'm just looking at this whole situation, thinking this isn't right. Like a- bag valve mask or a, like it's just a non-rebreather mask literally just non uh it wasn't even a non-rebreather mask it was just a standard oxygen mask oh okay so i'm like why aren't they doing mouth to mouth they're like trained medical professionals Allegedly. okay <laughs> yeah so i'm like right and just all this is happening within like seconds and i'm thinking i need to take over this isn't right yeah this is, I need to do something. This is my show now. So I kind of moved around the other side. And obviously a lot of my colleagues were there, the teachers, because obviously everyone was finishing their classes for the day and were walking through the courtyard. So a lot of my colleagues yeah. were there, the, the English teachers. So everyone's like, let, let Haley through, let Haley through. Like, she, she's a nurse, she's a nurse. So I get down and I'm like, I then start doing mouth to mouth on a, like, take the mask off and I start doing mouth to mouth. And um, somebody like, I think, was questioning and I was like I'm a nurse I'm like right we need to do we need to do, start doing mouth to mouth and do rescue breaths so I started like counting then and taking charge I was like right I'll do the breaths you do the chest compressions yeah. and then I was just looking at them and I was like you're really not doing the chest compressions very well either so I was like right somebody else do this I'm going to start chest compressions let's swap over it's like you've been doing it for a while now let, let me take over yeah so I started doing the chest compressions and then somebody else I was like right you do the mouth to mouth but they weren't even like tilting the head back and opening the airway to do the, the mouth to mouth and I was like so I kept having to uh. move one of my hands to like going like say no do this do this and like back onto the chest compressions and then this person who'd been doing the chest compressions before said something to me and I was like well you're not doing them right she was like I'm a doctor and I was like well you're not doing them right <laughs> a doctor of what <laughs> yeah so I was like so you're not a cardiologist yeah, we carried on and obviously somebody had called an ambulance and things but we were everyone was like how are they going to get in because obviously ambulance are men it's literally ambulance men and we're a women's campus of a university um and Wait, so they weren't allowed it well they they were they're i think generally they're not saudi males who who work on there obviously because of religion cultural laws and things like that but they are obviously men right. women don't do that job in saudi arabia and well, you can drive or they, they can now <laughs> they can now they can now yeah so but the, the problem was the gate and entrance into the the actual into the campus through the walls was at the main gate where everybody comes to pick up their their children and like their daughters and stuff at the end of the day and the queue of cars is literally outside of the car park so the ambulance had trouble getting in because they went to the the busiest gate really yeah so it took them a little while to get in and we just carried on and then so they turned up the guy came out obviously had the AED put the pads and everything on to like test a rhythm and it was um she she wasn't in a shockable rhythm so we just carried on with um mm-hmm. with the CPR and I said like have you got my I, I need O2 I need a uh, like oxygen like mask and everything yeah. like bag bag and mask yeah. and I was like gave me the bag of mask and stuff and I was like I, I need I need an airway like I need to protect her, her airway and stop her tongue and somebody had to go back to the ambulance to get a Goodell airway for me and then they just gave it to me and I was like okay I guess I'll do this then so I put sure <laughs> I put the airway in and like I was like right okay protecting their airway got the bag of mask on I'm doing this 
And then I think like basically maybe like what you guys have in the US where you have the BLS kind of crew and then you have the ALS right. crew. So um, another, a car turned up then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got her on the, the stretcher and everything and put her in the back of the ambulance and then I left. And I was kind of like traumatized by, by this experience. Yeah. Like, because we, obviously women uh, can't drive or anything. So we had a, tr- a transport provided for us from our, uh, our company. Usually the bus would leave about 10 minutes before I actually got outside. So I'd also got somebody to bring my my um, my abaya. So the, the big, long, black kind of dress that you have to wear over the top of your uh, your clothes. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to go back up to my office. And I got back onto the bus and I was just like, everyone's like, are you OK? And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not OK. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of traumatic. But what kind of we found out after that, um, like the next day, we kind of all went into work as if to like get back into it as if nothing had happened. And I was sat in the office and somebody was talking about it and I literally just burst out crying. And then there was a girl next to like the, the, the girl who sat next to me, one of my colleagues, she burst out crying. Another teacher burst out crying. I was like, oh, it was really traumatic. But what I didn't realize is that they were kind of directly involved in it as well. When they first found out that this girl was like sick, and something had happened they did have an oxygen tank but for some reason this oxygen tank wasn't in the clinic it was in a cupboard somewhere on campus mm. so they managed they had to try and find somebody who had the keys they had to try and find the right key and then when they found it there was no oxygen in it oh god and this is the tank that was next to her when i got down there and they had the oxygen mask on her so i found oh, it was empty yeah i found this out the next day that that oxygen tank was actually empty there was no oxygen in it and I was like oh my god this just gets worse and worse were they nurses too or are they just English no no they're just en- English teachers yeah they're yeah English teachers all their um, education their degrees are in uh, and that's what they do for, for a job but the um not Saudi are they Saudi or are they foreign no no no, no. they were um, <clears throat> they're both American oh okay yeah we we kind of had it was a really good mixture actually with people from all over the world who worked there um, teaching English yeah so and then all, I also found out that it was one of them who was kind of walking through and saw them wheeling this girl out in the wheelchair into the court like through the courtyard to go to the clinic and she looked and she was like something's not right about this and she was kind of slumping out of the wheelchair she'd already gone into cardiac arrest and no one noticed yeah so I think it was one of the teachers who then was like something's not right about this and they kind of stopped them and that and that's when they yeah. got on the floor and then the like, I don't know. Well, they wouldn't necessarily notice. Yeah, so they, they were just they like, yeah, this, this isn't right. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like, they got her out of the wheelchair and onto the floor. And obviously somebody had gone to the clinic to get other members of staff and whatever, and somebody had eventually started CPR. Unfortunately, obviously, she, she passed away. Yeah. But my kind of take home from it and what I said to my um, my managers was, okay, she had a heart condition, so maybe she wouldn't have survived anyway given like good effective CPR yeah. I said but if if it had been a teacher who'd had a heart attack or something on campus I said something that given like prompt good treatment can be fixed like sorted out yeah and if they'd have gone into cardiac arrest they would have died yeah. like if that's the care that they received yesterday they would have died no no anyone question. would have died yeah so I was kind of trying to put fear into them of saying, like, yeah. something needs to improve. And they were like, right. You would think a dead 18-year-old would be in the, enough fear. Yeah. But 
I, it's I, I don't it, <sighs> cultural managerial. The the other thing was obviously because there was it was one university but male campus female campus. All of the decisions and the orders came from the male campus. So even yeah. though we had managers at our campus, they had managers. It was the male campus who were basically in charge of everything and all the decisions that were made for the female campus. So they didn't have as much autonomy as they probably should have. Hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of traumatic and they were like, right, okay, we want you guys to get together and like maybe come up with some recommendations of what you think like needs to happen. So we were like, yeah, that's great. Full oxygen tank. We'll do that. But yeah. <laughs> In the clinic, right? <laughs> in a random cupboard. Doctors that know CPR. Yeah. Well, well, that was the other thing I was saying. I was like, if that doctor had been in like the UK, they would have had criminal charges brought against them for negligence. Oh, yeah. Like they're, they're completely incompetent. Like what they were doing, they, there was complete and utter incompetence that I witnessed, and it kind it still sticks with me today, and it kind of still traumatizes me a little bit when I think about it properly, just because of everything. Obviously, coming from the UK, like working in accident emergencies for like five years, and like everyone being competent basically right um knowing how what to do knowing how to do their job but it's, then I kind of think don't be that horrible and think really bad things about this doctor she's a doctor on a university campus where all she gets is oh I haven't eaten today I feel sick or I I feel faint or I have a headache so it's like what training is she being provided with by her employer and it's like how up to date is she it's like are they actually providing her with what she needs to be up to date and competent so there was that kind of side of it as well it's like I felt a little bit sorry for her because the situation she'd been put in but you're a doctor it's your license right you should be competent to do these things especially something as basic as CPR it's like everybody knows CPR even like receptionists and admin and like the cleaners who don't have any direct like medical contact in hospitals know how to do basic life support and it can obviously save lives <laughs> yeah and I so. I can't imagine that the the guilt that that doctor has for your, that girl dying too. Yeah. But yeah. you did go to medical school and they do yeah. teach you that, I would hope, in Saudi medical school. But you're right. I mean. She wasn't actually Saudi. She was from oh, somewhere else. Okay. Well, wherever. <laughs> I would assume that they teach you. Yeah. Yeah. She No, she wasn't Saudi. Uh, a, a cardiac arrest, especially on a young person, mm. is so traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, there, there was a lady there, obviously, with, with Islam and stuff, and they're kind of, they have different views on, on death and, and things than, like, sure. than I do as a non-Muslim, um, and there was this, a lady there, she just kept saying, basically, in Arabic, like, just enough, like, enough, and I was there saying, like, even me and the doctor were just there saying to her, I was like, no, until help arrives, we, we carry on, right. basically, this is, this is our job, this is what yeah. we do, it's like, until some, tell, somebody comes to take over, or tells us to stop who is medically trained then we're, we're just going to carry on and do this right so i was just like no just just be quiet please <laughs> this is not helping me at all but I, I actually met the girl's um family as well because in in islam they have their kind of funerals very quickly mm -hmm. and it was actually the the next day uh, well not the next day it was this happened on the wednesday and her funeral was on the friday so it said like I, I really want to go to it so there were a few of us who were like who took some time off of our classes and were allowed to to go so i actually went to a mosque for the first time ever and there were a few of us and we we sat there and um there was one of my students actually from one of my 
a different class and I said oh um did you know her she was like no no I just I've just come to pay my respects and I was like oh that's that's really nice so we went in and one of the teachers was there and she's like oh this is her mother so I asked my student I said can you kind of translate for me and she's like yeah yeah of course so like I said to her um so she told her mother who I was and everything and she basically like she's like thank you for everything you did like thank you for trying um and I was just like I was like trying not to burst out crying in front of her and I was just like this is like oh and her sister was there and her aunties and everything this has turned into a really long story but side note on this somebody had a a diabetic hypo in the in the mosque at the funeral (laughs) yeah so when they were doing all the prayers and everything me and some of the other teachers who obviously aren't Muslim we we just sat the back and just watched and we kind of held hands together and like crying a little bit and uh, we were just watching and listening and things and then like kind of the prayers came to an end and there was a little bit of a commotion this lady who was obviously elderly and stuff she was sat on a chair she she obviously wasn't doing the prayers on the floor because of her age and stuff so I was like what's going on so I got up and started walking over and one of the other teachers she was like Haley, come here Nurse investigating. Like, oh, no, what's yeah what's happening now <laughs> she was like sort of out of it a little bit and not quite with it so I was like right we need to get her on the floor so we got her on the floor and stuff and obviously like we're trying to communicate these people obviously don't speak English I don't speak any Arabic and there's very few people who speak both languages there so we're trying to figure something out and then somebody said sugar Mm. and I was like she's diabetic she's having a hypo (laughs) somebody get her some sugar yeah so I was like right so somebody like got some orange juice and there was some sweets and stuff and she was with it enough luckily for us to give her something to drink and um, a sugary drink so she started coming around then I'm like right okay so we moved her out of the way like got her to the back of the room and stuff and and I was saying like somebody like she needs to go to hospital like <laughs> and she was like no 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 I was like she needs sandwiches she needs carbs like just make sure if she doesn't want to go to hospital she needs she needs something substantial yeah. to eat she needs like just feed her carbohydrates yeah. and I was like oh my god and everyone's like Haley, are you just attracting this now and I was like hmm, it's, it's maybe been a rough 48 hours <laughs> yeah yeah it's like I became like the, the campus nurse <laughs> even the management they were like Haley, we've got a, a student who's having trouble breathing and I'm like oh my god what is happening <laughs> so yeah I was kind of the resident nurse in the end and it's like all the teachers they wouldn't go to the clinic they would all come to me and ask my advice and stuff and it's like I think I may maybe like need a new job title and more money <laughs> Pay me more, please. but it never happened yeah yeah that never happened though. <laughs> so yeah that's my uh, my Saudi story oh that's crazy but just a bit at least at least you gave her a fighting chance Yes, she. I know. I'm happy because I know I did everything I possibly could from the point that I arrived to the point that she, I handed her over to the to the ambulance. So. And sometimes in cardiac arrest, I mean, I've heard so many of them out of the hospital that yeah, you just know that it's not gonna work. But you can look at the family in the eye and say, "We did everything we could." Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've ever had an out of hospital one, obviously because. I've always worked in hospitals and stuff. So, right. yeah, it's the They first. are much more chaotic. Oh, definitely. Especially when you've got all the teachers going, men are coming, men are coming to all the students oh. hanging around. <laughs> so they're trying to, like, shoo all the students away. And it's like, go home, go home. Like, men are coming. That's all I can hear when I'm, like, there doing CPR. And it was so bad and everything that you have to laugh as well about it. I did a... Uh, we're going on a tangent here, but I did... A cardiac arrest at a family reunion oh, God. oh my gosh and the the family showed up 
to the woman's house and she was down on the floor. She had coated on the toilet. So she's half naked. Oh God. And we were the first, we beat the police. We beat the fire department. We get in the house and she's just in the kitchen on the ground. She had had a brain bleed, which we found out later. And all of a sudden there's 40 family members and we are the only professionals there and they are screaming at us Mm. like do something do something of course no one had started cpr but we're like uh what happened like you're trying to get a story yeah yeah. from 40 people that thought they were going to be having a party and then everyone's like what are you doing what happened and like you're just trying to like stay focused and like where are the police? And then the fire department showed up and everything, especially in an out of hospital cardiac arrest, time stands still because it's just so chaotic. And then eventually we got, we, you know, we got her on the backboard. We got a rhythm back on her and because it was precipitated by the bleed yeah. and she actually had not been down that long. We ended up doing the stat transfer from the community hospital down to a big Boston hospital mm. for uh, so she get to a neurosurgeon. So we for once got follow up on it, oh, but great. it was a circus. So I can, <laughs> they weren't yelling men are coming. <laughs> they were just yelling. That's a lot of yelling. Men are coming. It's just, just one of the things that just kind of sticks with me and just makes me laugh. It's like men are coming. Yeah. But I mean, the, the other thing is like I say, it's like I did everything I could. Yeah. The, there is a slight bit of guilt about my bladder. <laughs> Because if I hadn't have finished my class early to go to the bathroom, I would have been walking through the courtyard right when it happened. So I would have, I mean, obviously she probably went into cardiac arrest before they even realized it. So I may not have been able to do anything more, but I would have been able to start CPR quicker and more competently. (laughs) But yeah, fortunately my my bladder could not hold for for much longer and I had to finish my class early. So bad timing. By that same logic, you could have had the flu and not gone to work at all that day. Yeah. So you can play the what if game all day long, but you did what you did. And it's incredible. You got to see the mom and have a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I went to a wedding when I was there. Like one of my colleagues got married. I went to a funeral and there were so many pregnant women (laughs) who were working. I was like, am I going to deliver a baby? (laughs) like all three the holy trinity of i guess not in this everybody was saying yeah everyone was saying it was like wedding funeral and then so many of my colleagues were like do you know how to deliver a baby i was like i better get onto youtube i'm sure there's a youtube video for that one (laughs) we were all laughing about it and i literally deep down i was thinking this could literally happen this could be real there are so many pregnant members of staff at the moment it could happen luckily it didn't because i have no experience (laughs) on that side of of medicine yeah outside of clinical rotations i do not do babies i am pregnancy no thank you I like my geriatrics and my adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I never did any sort of like midwifery or anything. It's like everyone's kind of like, oh, like tell me good stories about like working in, in, in A&E and stuff. And it's like orifices and things like that. But from like off the top of my head, I don't really remember like comical like tales of stuff. It was just all your, your generic things like, oh, somebody's had a heart attack. Oh, they've got pneumonia and yeah. um, they've broken something. There's <laughs> nothing really that interesting that ever really happened. Well, you get so desensitized too. Things that yeah, yeah, normal yeah. people would go, oh my God, they're dying in front of you. You're like, oh, I know. <laughs> that's Wednesday. Mm. 
seven people did that last week. Oh my God. I hope seven people didn't die yeah. on you last week, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember like there was one shift again when I worked in Blackpool that was really, really busy, but we had trolleys on like the, the corridor and stuff. And like kind of the way it was laid out, we had a big area in the middle that we could actually fit three trolleys um, in the middle. So, and it was like where our drug cupboard was and, and different things as well. I remember there was a patient in there and it was started off her assessment and stuff, just taking blood pressure and things. I was like, I really need to do an ECG on her. And I think she, she'd just come in like feeling a bit off and feeling like sick and that. But because um, of her age and stuff, I was like, right, I'll get an ECG done. And um, the resource um, area was actually really quiet in there. Um, so I was like, so I'm just going to pop her into resource, get an ECG done on her, and uh, and then we'll we'll come back in here. And they're like, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, you might as well make the most of it. So I took her in there, did the ECG, looked at it and went, um... I'll be right back, went and got a doctor, even like I reading ECGs is not one of my fine points, <laughs> but massive like tombstone, like kind of <laughs> on it. And I'm like, hmm, um, be right back. Um, and went and got a doctor. I was like, you need to look at this ECG right now. And they were like, whoa, where was she? I was like, she was in majors. She's now in resource because I needed to do the ECG. So then they just took her in there. And it was just, I thought to myself, it's like, thank God I made that decision. Yeah. She had no no chest pain or anything. And it was just because we were that busy. We didn't have a cubicle for her to go into where we could obviously do an ECG. And it was resource luckily was quiet that day. So I was like, right, I'm going to use my brain and I'm going to take her in there and get an ECG done. And I was, I'm so like so happy that like kind of everything kind of fell into place that I did that at that point because they ended up taking her straight up to the cath lab and and uh, and kind of investigating what was going on that's your nursing judgment that's yeah. what you get from experience of just yeah. Like, yeah this isn't right I'm gonna look into this and you go oh shit this is really not right <laughs> definitely it was just kind of like I saw it on the screen I was like hmm and then it started printing out and I'm like hmm I'll be right back <laughs> obviously they're like is it okay and I'm like I usually say oh I don't read ECGs I leave that up to the doctors <laughs> so I'll just go and get the doctor to have a look at it and it's like look at this right now <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy like especially like older patients and stuff they have one thing and you kind of find something else and like but are you, still, are you gonna treat this and you're like yes we'll get to that at some point <laughs> I really just want to but it's like that's what they know is immediate like that's their problem and they're like no I want this to be fixed I don't care about anything else my heart feels fine <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about yeah pretty much <laughs> it feels fine now and that's good let's keep it that way yeah. <laughs> all right well thank you so much I hope everyone enjoyed this special bonus episode of Antidotes. If you would like to hear more bonus episodes, please reach out to us on social media at Antidotes Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Send me an email. If you want to be on the podcast and share your own story at antidotespodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at antidotespod or me at Christine the NP on Twitter. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We will see you next week.